y'all have ever heard an old wives' tale? Come on, raise your hand. Don't be lying in the house of the Lord. Come on. How many of y'all know there's some that's real crazy? How many of y'all know there's some real funny? You know, we were, we were talking about that. We were talking about that today, you know. Uh, they say if snow's hanging around, uh-huh, y'all heard it too, huh? Snow's hanging around. It's waiting for some more to come, amen? So y'all might as well get the sleds back out. It's coming, amen? Well, well that's, I, I don't know whether that's going to happen or not, but that's, that's what they say. You know, the, the, the old-timers or old wives. I heard a new one this morning, though. Uh, I, was, I was eating breakfast this morning with uh, Brother Jalen and him, and, and, and uh, uh, his daughter, bless her heart, she said, she said, I heard one, too. I said, what's that? She says, if a worm sees your teeth, your teeth will fall out. All I know, I've seen some people done a lot of fishing. Hey, Amen. That's all I know. Another thing we can learn from that is when you go fishing, you better keep your mouth shut. Hey, Amen. I don't know. I don't know. Now, now, now isn't, it, isn't it funny when you hear these? And there, and there are people that believe them to the death. No matter how crazy it sounds, no matter how off the wall it is, it, they've heard it all their life. Paul Paul said it, and great grandpa said it, and so forth and so on. Jesus must have said it. But how many of y'all know that's not always true? Now, there's a place for all that stuff. And it is funny. It is humorous. It, it's, it's, it's fun to uh, talk about those type things and all. But there's one place, there's one place that. An old wives' tale or a fable like that is dangerous. That's in the church. This is not a place where we can deal with old wives' tales. This is a place we must base everything, everything, our doctrine, our stand, our belief, our behavior, everything must be based on God's Word. Do you realize the Bible says that the church is the pillar and the ground of truth. Do you know we are holding forth in a crooked generation, the Bible says, the word of life. We're not holding forth an opinion. We're not holding forth a theory. We're not holding forth what we've heard. We're holding forth what does God say. And so today, if you'll help pray with me, I want to I debunk some myths today. I want to I wanna take some things that people say a lot, that I hear a lot, and, and, and I want to take some things that you probably heard, and I want to debunk that myth. And I want to give you what the Bible says about it. Because I really don't care about your opinion. And you know what? For that matter, you shouldn't care about my opinion. What you should care about, is he saying what the Bible says? See, that's why I encourage you to bring your Bible. Now, I'm going to tell you what the Bible says, but if I die and another turkey comes, he may not. That's why you need to have your Bible just in case he don't. You can run him out of here. Say amen. amen. Are you all with me? Very important. We need to base what we are, who we are, everything on God's Word. How many of y'all ready to debunk some myths this morning? Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, uh, Acts, chapter, Acts chapter number 2. Acts chapter number 2. In verse 37, here's, here's the scene. Let me set the scene. 
We've got the day of Pentecost. The, the early church is fixing to explode. They're coming on the scene. Jesus has come. He showed himself that he has resurrected. He's gone back to glory. The early church, the, 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 the 120 believers are in the upper room, and, and, and God has fallen on them. He has sent the, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now they're taken off, and he preaches a sermon. I'm talking about a sermon. Amen. I mean, he preached Jesus on the cross. He preached sin. They have put him on the cross. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. He preached it just like it was. Now, this is the response. This is where we're at. Verse number 37. Now, when they heard this, heard what? The sermon that Peter just got through preaching. They were pricked in their heart. Now, what is that? We call that, if you grew up in church, you heard this word a lot, conviction. How many of y'all have heard that word before? So, if you're under conviction you you are the holy spirit is convicting you that's what that means they were pricked in their heart they were feeling that conviction and they said unto peter and to the rest of the apostles men and brethren this will probably be this will probably be the most important question you'll ever answer in your life if you get this question wrong it determines your eternal destiny when they heard about jesus when they heard about their own sin when they heard about the condition they were in, this is what they said. What do we do? You know what every human being ought to do? When they find out where they stand before God, the first question should be, what do we do about it? What must we do? And that's what we want to talk about today. Amen? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness. I pray, Lord, that you will just move in an awesome way today. Help us to clarify some things. Help us to move in such a way that we speak truth and truth only. Today, let God be true and every man a liar. I pray your perfect will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. What do we do? What do we do now? Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Now watch here. Here's, here's, the, here's the ABCs, if you will. Then they that gladly received his word, that's salvation. Say that with me. That is when you receive the word. When you believe and place your faith in the written word of God, the spoken word of God, that Jesus is the Christ, when you receive him, when you receive the truth, that is salvation. Say it again. Salvation. When they gladly received his word, salvation, they were saved. Right after they were saved, they were what? Baptized. All right. So first is salvation. Then is baptism. And then the same day there were added. Say that with me. There were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Who's to them? That's the, the 120 believers there in the upper room. So we find uh, salvation, baptism, church membership. Salvation, baptism, church membership. Now, these are the basic topics that we're going to talk about, but I want to debunk some myths, all right? Here's some things that I have heard and I have seen people uh, believe and, 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 and say and so forth and so on. And so we want, to, we want to change that today. We want to change that today. So, number one, when we talk about salvation, here's a myth that I've heard. Here's a myth that I heard. Number one, uh, we are all God's children. We are all God's children. Well, 
That's a myth. That's not true. Anytime, anytime, and you hear this a lot, anytime there is a cultural clash, if you will, there is a cultural clash between the world and the church and, and church people in the world. You know, you have this going on, and it's, it's really in the news now because of the same-sex marriage. You go on a social media, you'll find Christians arguing with non-Christians and, and supposed Christians saying this and that, and everybody's got their own opinion. And, and, and let me say this. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a, a very uh, aware of the hypocrisy of the church. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm against it all. Big time. But it's amazing to me that we have Christians rising up and want to storm the courthouse over this one, but they don't want to storm it over pride, and they don't want to storm it over, over gossip, and they don't want to storm it over stirring uh, discord among the brethren. And according to the Word, they're all abominations. Now, I'm not, you say, well, you're for it. No, I'm not for it. By, you, you, don't, you know me better than that. But what I'm saying, if we're going to rise up, let's rise up against it all. Let's rise up against fornication. Let's rise up against adultery. Let's rise up against shacking up. Let's rise up against gossip and pride and, and, and running your mouth about something you don't know nothing about. Somebody say amen. Let's do that. Let's, 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 let's hate all sin. Let's hate it all. If we're going to hate some, let's hate it all. Amen. That's what I believe that's what God, and I believe we should stand against it. But let's stand against it all. Let's not be a hypocrite about it. Amen? Now, here's what I see. Here's what I see in these clashes and these discussions and, and, and people saying this and that. And this is, this, is the, this is what I hear. Hey, hey, we're just all God's children. We may believe different things, but we're, 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 we're just going to make it to God in our own way. That's a myth. We are not all God's children. There are not many roads to heaven. There are not many roads to God. You cannot just pick and choose which way. He's just the God you make. The God you make is a false God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Well, I just, I just have a hard time believing we're not all God's children. Will you believe the book? Watch what the Bible says. Watch what the Bible says. In Ephesians chapter number 2, <clears throat> Ephesians chapter number 2, we're, we're going we're gonna to do a lot of Scripture reading and study today, so, so, so this is going to be really good. You're going to be armed and, 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 and strengthened today with the Word. It's in Ephesians 2.1, he's talking about our past. Paul is talking about what we used to be. He says, you hath he quickened, word means made alive, who were dead in trespasses and in sins, where in times past, what you used to be, you walked according to the course of this world. That's the culture. That's the world's way of thinking. That's the way you, you behave like the world. According to the prince of the power of the air, that's the devil. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. You see that? Children of disobedience. Verse 3. Among whom also we all had our conversation. How many of us? All of us. Before we were saved, we all had our conversation, conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath. So you have children of disobedience, children of wrath. There's even a verse, I, I thought I had it recorded, but uh, a verse that talks about being a child of the devil. Now, that's past. That's before you come to know Christ. Watch what it says. Watch what it says in John 1, 12. This is so clear. This is so clear. But as many as, two words, 
received him. If you receive him, if you trust him, if you, you are saved, you believe on him, as many as received him to them. Who? The ones that received him. Not to everybody, but to those that received him. To them gave he power to become the what? And that's something. Now, if he's going to give you power to become something, that means you ain't it yet. I know that's not good English, but you get it. Are y'all with me? If I'm going to become rich, that means I am presently poor. Y'all with me? If I'm going to become something, I'm not there yet. And what he is saying, in order to become a son of God, in order to become a child of God, you have to believe on Jesus Christ. You have to receive him. I got more. I got more. Watch this. Romans, Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, who? The ones led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, and whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of of God. When? When you are adopted into the family. Here's, there's three ways you can get in a family. There's three ways that you get in a family. You're either born into the family. We'll talk about that in a minute. You're adopted into the family or you marry into the family. Y'all with me? You're either born into the family, you're either adopted into the family, or you are married into the family. Do you realize that the Bible gives all three illustrations when it comes to Christianity? He tells Nicodemus in John chapter 3, ye must be born again. There in the verse we just read, he said you are adopted. You are a son of God, not because you earned it, not because you deserved it, not because of your background, not because of your heritage, but a God in heaven looked down upon us in our need, in our situation. And listen, he brought us in when we didn't deserve it. Say amen. Woo-hoo. Adopted. Then we are, he uses the terminology of the bride of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ and, and so forth. So we have all three there. My point is this. Church going doesn't cut it. Just because you showed up this morning, you're not getting credit in heaven for that. Baptism doesn't get it. So I was baptized when I was a baby. Nowhere in Scripture do we find infant baptism. Nowhere. Every time you see somebody baptized, it was after they come to Jesus already. And baptism was after salvation. Preacher, what are you saying? You could have been baptized ten times and that ain't going to cut it. You can be a good person and that's not going to cut it. You can say, oh, we, we just have our own way. Your own way doesn't matter. What does the Bible say? I grew up a preacher's kid. I'm talking about a good preacher's kid. I know there's always, the, oh, the preacher's kid, they're all the worst. I was the exception. Say amen. Now, my brother, that's why they wrote the rule for what my brother was. Amen. Listen, I was a good kid. I knew, listen, that Bible, I could quote you so many verses out of the Bible. I knew more than my Sunday school teachers did about the Bible. I carried it. I wore my suit. I wore my boots. Everybody called me the little preacher's kid. I had a preaching daddy and a shouting mama. But guess what? I was lost. Because church and who you came from, just because your mama was saved, that doesn't make you saved. Just because your daddy was saved doesn't make you saved. 
just because you're around saved people and you're in an atmosphere that has a, 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 a touch of God on it, that doesn't get you in. Preacher, what are you saying? There has to be a day where you come before a holy God as a wicked sinner and repent of your sins and say, God, save me and change me today. Listen, being good enough, you can't be good enough. For we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. No man can be good enough. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross. <laughs> I want you in the family. I want you in the family. Preacher, how do we get in the family? Galatians chapter 3, 26. Galatians 3, 26. Watch what it says. For ye are all the children of God by... How do we become the children of God? By... Say it with me. All right, I'm going to say the first part. You say the last part. For ye are all the children of God by. Until you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not in the family. Listen, Ephesians 2, 8. For by grace are you saved through and then not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You know what that tells me? No matter how crooked you are. Before he said to act in faith, he said it's by grace. It's by grace. You see, there are some people that look at other people in here and think, well, I know who he was. Mm -hmm, we know who you were too. And ain't nobody in here nobody in here can come say well you know i i desert no 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 oh but preacher you don't know my back no it, it doesn't matter the grace of god makes us all level brother ricky you mind if i use you as an illustration brother ricky his life was totally different than my life and the way he came to Jesus and the way I came to Jesus, I'm probably, probably complete opposite, if you will. But do you know what grace does? Puts me and Brother Ricky on the same level. It, listen, I can use my dad as a perfect illustration. My dad never went to church, didn't know nothing about church. Y'all know he was a heathen, registered, DNA profiled and everything. And I went to church my whole life. But, you know, at the point of salvation, guess what? We were on equal footing. And that's not because I deserved it and he didn't. Or, or It's because grace makes it all level. No matter who you are, come to him. Come to him. He'll take you just like you are, but he won't leave you that way. And all God's people say it. Number one myth. Number one myth. We're all God's children. No, sir. You're not God's children until you're in the family. You can say you're God's creation. You can be accurate in saying you're God's creation. But until you're saved, you're not God's child. And you can say he's our God. But you can't say he's my father until you're in the family. You know, there's two terms that Jesus used on the cross. One, my God, and the other, Father. When he was taking our sin upon him and he became who we were as a sinner, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But in relationship, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. There's, a, there's power and truth, but we're not going to waste time. But that's a good study for you. Number two, I've heard, I've heard this and, 
and people insinuating this. Not only, not only about salvation, but about baptism. Baptism is no big deal. Baptism is no big deal. All right. The problem with that thinking is that it's unbiblical. How many of y'all would believe if Jesus said it, it's important? Would y'all agree with that? Okay. Now watch this. Watch this. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, he's given the disciples the command for the church into the world. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore, teach all nations. That means develop disciples. Lead them to me. Teach them who I am. Give them the gospel so they, they can be saved. Then baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Peter said it in Acts 2.38. Then Peter said, Repent, that's salvation, and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now the word for there is the Greek word eis, E-I-S, and it means literally on account of or on the basis of. In other words, you are baptized because you are a believer. You do not get baptized to be a believer. You're baptized because you are a believer. Are you with me? Say amen. Baptism is important. Number one, it's commanded by God. It is the very first command after salvation. The very first command that God gives us after salvation is to be baptized. Now, I'm not going to go into great deal about this because what I'm going to do today is I'm going to build a skeleton and next week I'm going to put the meat on it because I don't have time to say everything I want to say because i got a lot more to say. Amen? But I want you to know baptism is important. When Jesus came to this earth, he came the spotless Lamb of God. He came without sin and without blemish. He was born of the Spirit and of Mary. So he was a perfect God-man who knew no sin. When they were coming to John Baptist in the River Jordan, they were repenting of their sins. They were coming to him. He was preaching, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He was preparing a people for their Savior. And they was repenting of their sin and being baptized. Well, Jesus knew no sin. Jesus had no sin. So why in the world would Jesus get baptized? Because you see, this is the purpose. Jesus, who was God, was coming to become man. And he was identifying himself in baptism that he was who we are. God became man to take our sin and to die on the cross. He identified with man. Well, when we are saved and we are baptized, it is not God identifying with man. It is man identifying with God. I am saying I am a believer in Christ. I am a new Christian. I am a new believer. I am a new creation. Somebody say amen. And how could we be ashamed of Christ? After all that Christ has done for us, how could we not follow him and be obedient in believers' baptism? You know, I used to be very, I, I, don't, I don't know what the word is, uh, try to make it as easy as possible for people to do what they're supposed to do. But I've got to be honest with you. I, I'm, 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 I don't want to say I'm losing patience, 
But I have very little patience with people who will not follow the command of God because they're embarrassed or because they're shy. When I see Christians being lined up and being beheaded for the name of Christ, and, and listen, ISIS doing what they're doing, and Christians standing firm and standing right, and will not deny even if it's costing their life while we hide behind something. We want to make it easy. We want to make it simple. We, want to, we, don't, we don't want to hurt no feelings. We don't want to do this while people are being beheaded and they're being burned alive for the name of Christ. You know what Jesus said? If you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father. Preacher, are you trying to, I'm, what I'm trying to say, baptism is important. It's the first command of God. How many of y'all know we live in a consumer society? We want it our way, when we want it, how we want it, and the way we want it. I mean, we want everything that way. And so what we do, we shop for churches that will tell us what we want or that will have what we want. And we've created a consumer religion. And that, that is dangerous because now we have moved, we've moved from, from this we do it because the Bible says to do it. Two, we do it to see what we can get out of it. Do you know what should be the only question with anything? What does the Bible say? If the Bible says it, we do it. If the Bible says don't do it, we don't do it. Not what can we get out of it. Now let me say this. I'm glad Jesus lined it out. And I'm glad Jesus said, this will happen, this will happen, this will happen, this will happen. I'm glad he gives you them. But them, them, those benefits should not be the determining factor in obedience to what the Bible says. Does this make sense? We, we, have, we have created a self-centered Christian society, if you will. What do we get out of it? I'm going to determine whether I do it by what I can. It can't be that. The first question, why do you pick the church you pick? Why do you, why do you, why do you choose the church? Is it because of what they offer the children? Is it because of how good the parking is? If that is, we're in trouble, amen. Is it for, for what, what kind of technology they have? I was listening to a pastor this week, and man, I got into great conviction. I'm not going to lie. He peeled my hide. He said, there's one test there's one question that should be answered are they teaching the truth because you see we've got we've got so many places that's got all the amenities but they're not teaching the truth out this morning this morning i was watching a a well-known preacher pastor he's got got him a little talk show now and and uh and he was sitting there saying some garbage I'm talking about just untruth. And the more I'm sitting there, the madder I'm getting. It's a God's wonder I can preach today. I'm telling you, because I got all out of the Spirit this morning. And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, the, the longer I'm sitting there, I'm saying, there's people that are going to be deceived by this lies that you're telling. I mean, blatant lies that's not scriptural. And the more, and I thought, how many places all over our country are doing the very same thing? And we wonder why the church is dying in America but exploding in the Sudan. Christianity is exploding in Iraq. Iraq. 
It's, it's exploding in Syria. It's exploding in Korea. It's exploding in China. You know why? They're not ashamed of the gospel. They don't understand a consumer Christianity. All they understand is, what does the Bible say? We do what the Bible says because the Bible says it. God said it. We do it. How many of y'all have, have ever seen that bumper sticker? God said it. I believe it. That settles it. How many of y'all seen that? You know, that's wrong. It should be this. God said it. That settles it. I believe it. Whether I believe it or not, if he said it, that settles it. Amen? So baptism is important. It's important. It's a command by God. We'll learn more about that next week. Number three. Number three. Church membership. I, I, I've, I've, I've heard people say this. I've heard people say this. And, and y'all know y'all have to. Don't deny it. You're in church. You'll get indigestion today if you don't, if you don't admit truth. How many of y'all have ever heard people say this? You might have said it, but don't admit it. Uh, uh, how many of y'all have ever heard this? You don't have to go to church to be a good Christian. How many of y'all heard that? Raise your hand if you heard that. That's the worst lie the devil's ever told. Do you realize nowhere in Scripture, nowhere in the New Testament, can you find a Lone Ranger Christian? Anytime you find a Christian, you find Christians. They're always connected with a body of believers in a local assembly somewhere. There's no such thing as just a willy-nilly, just do our own thing, just go here and then go there and just whatever. We're just, hey, we just like it all. Well, you can't do that. The Bible doesn't teach that. Why? Three things. Write these three things down. This is why this is so important. A lot more stuff, but next week we'll get the muscles. You get the bones today. Amen. Number one, identification. When you come to a local assembly and you say, I want to be a part of this assembly, you are identifying yourself with that congregation. You're identifying yourself with that group of believers. You see, there's all kind of different places out there that believe all kinds of different things. But when you come to a place, wherever that might be, and you join up with them, you're saying, I'm identifying myself with this group, with what they practice, with what they believe. Are y'all with me? I know we're getting a little heavier than what we normally do, but we need to do this. Because I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but they're getting crazier and crazier out there. And you need to know what you believe. I am connecting myself, I am identifying myself with this group. Just like baptism identifies yourself as a Christian, as a believer. When you join a church, you're identifying yourself with that group of believers. I've got friends that are of, of different denominations. I've got friends that are Methodist. I've got friends uh, that, that are, are, are charismatic. I've got friends that are different, but I'm not them. I'm not, I'm not identifying myself. I believe what we're teaching in this church, the, the doctrine from the Word of God. That's why I'm a Baptist. And that's why I declare, and I'm not afraid or ashamed to identify myself with where we are because I believe it's the closest to what the Bible teaches. That's why I'm here. If I thought it was anywhere else, I wouldn't be here. If I thought them, 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 them fellas riding up, the, riding up the street on them bicycles, if I thought they was the closest to what this Bible said and I read this Bible and they didn't talk what they're teaching, I'd be riding me a bicycle. And you need to be that way. You need to know who you're connected with and who you're identified with. 
Membership is about identification. Number two, membership is about edification. Edification. Ephesians chapter 4. It says God gave him apostles, pastors, uh, or excuse me, apostles, prophets, pastors, and teachers, and evangelists for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. What does the word edify mean? It means to build up. It means to strengthen. Do you know why you come here every week? I hope it's not for the sake of entertainment. I hope it's not so I can make you feel better about your week and so you can go on and be the same as you was last week. I hope you come to have your faith strengthened. I hope you come to be changed. I hope you come for the purpose of becoming more like Christ. I hope you come to be challenged. I hope you come to be rebuked and reproved and exhorted and encouraged. I hope you come to be motivated to be more like God than you've ever been before. I hope that's why you're coming. Because the purpose of the church is the edifying of the saints. We're to strengthen each other. We're to exhort one another. Watch what the Bible says. You, you, you notice you get verse for everything. Hebrews 10, 24. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. You see, God says we're to gather together. If you will look at the early church in Acts chapter number 2 and keep reading from where we stopped, you'll find they did all kinds of things together. They fellowshiped together. They broke bread together. They prayed together. They studied doctrine together. They studied teaching together. They were always together. You can't be what God wants you to be. You can't. Let me say it clear. You cannot be a good Christian and not go to church and be connected and be a member of a local church. I said it. You can't. The Bible is clear. You need to be identified with somebody. You need to be connected so you can be exhorted. There needs to be accountability. I know, I know what world we're living in. I know nobody wants to be accountable. You know why people hesitate becoming a member? They don't want any expectation. We want to just be able to come and go as we please, come and go. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to attend a church where everybody in the church is at the same level of commitment that you are? What kind of church would that be? Preacher, are you trying to make people mad? No, no, I'm just telling you truth. I'm telling you what God expects. It's important for identification. It's important for edification. It's important for communication. Do you know that the church is the vehicle that God uses to get the gospel to the unchurched, the unlearned, to the unsaved throughout the world? It is through the church that we proclaim truth. It is through the church that we send out missionaries. It is to the church that we raise funds and we take the gospel and we go to people who's never heard, just never had the gospel so that they can be saved. It's the church that does that. How are you going to do that in your living room? How are you going to how are you going to encourage one another if you're the only one there? That's not biblical. There are so many one another's in the Bible. Love one another, prefer one another, forgive one another, encourage one another, exhort one another. You know why? Because God expects you to be part of a family. It's biblical. I don't ever want to make anybody mad. I wished every service, I wished every service could be like last week. I like telling everybody that God's in charge and he's in control and everything's going to be all right. I like telling everybody God's grace will get you through any, any hill, any valley, anything you're going through. I, I like telling people about heaven and grace and all that. But God said, preach the word. 
Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. If you're going to be a New Testament pastor, you've got to preach it all. So, with that being said, if you're not saved, you need to get saved. If, you're, if, you're, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you need to join the family. You need to join the family. You need to, you need to trust Christ today and not be ashamed. You need, if you've never been baptized, guess what? If you want to be right with God, if you're not, you're living in disobedience. If you want to be right with God, you have to be scripturally baptized. That's baptism by immersion. I'm going to teach you more of that next week. If you want to be right with God, you must be connected to a local assembly where you can use your gifts to exhort one another and encourage one another. I'm just telling you how to be right with God. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I know what you've heard. I know the rumors that's going around. I know what's on social media. I know what you hear on TV. But let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says you need to be saved. The Bible says you need to be baptized. The Bible says you need to be connected to a local New Testament teaching, Bible-practicing church and assembly. And all God's people said, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you'll speak and touch and help I pray that we'll feel conviction of where we need adjustment. I pray that we'll feel conviction where we need attention. I pray for those here that's not saved. I pray for those here that need to pray today for salvation. I pray for those that are outside of your will and they need to receive Christ today. I'm going to pray with them. Lord, I'm going to tell them how. From the pulpit right now, I'm going to tell them how to be saved. But God, you've got to give them the strength and the courage to do that. If you're here today and you're not saved, if you're here today and you're not saved, if you need Christ, if you need Jesus, if you've never been saved, I'm, I'm going to be the altar worker today. We've got them up here, if you, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the altar worker today. I'm going to tell you how to be saved. Come to this side, come to this side. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want, you, I want you to do this with me. If you're ready to follow him, if you're ready to trust him, this is what I want you to do. I want you to pray and acknowledge your sin. See, you must admit to him that you're a sinner. You've got to believe that. You've got to believe with all of your heart that Jesus died for you. You've got to believe that he'll save you if you ask him. And right now, you can trust him right where you're sitting. We've had people get saved in every service today. We've had people get saved down in the rock today. If you'll trust him, if you'll trust him today, this is what I want you to do. If you're ready to start your journey with Jesus, you're ready to be saved, I want you to pray this prayer. Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Lord, I pray that you'll forgive me. I pray that you'll forgive me. I believe with all of my heart, I believe with all of my heart that Jesus died for me. I believe with all of my heart that Jesus died for me. And the best I know how, the best I know how, I'm asking you now to forgive me, to save me, to change me.
the best I know how, I'm asking you to forgive me, to save me, and to change me. If you're here today and you prayed that prayer, I've got a little booklet I want to give you. I don't want you to be ashamed. I don't want you to be ashamed. Don't you be ashamed. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father. I want you to boldly declare it. I'm going to stand right here, and I want you to come. I've got a little booklet I want to give you that says, now that I've been saved, now what? If you prayed that prayer, you come on right now. You come on right now. Don't let anything bother you. If there's somebody in your way, they'll move out of your way. But if you prayed that prayer, I want you to come. That's it. Come, 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 come. God is speaking to your heart. You come, you come. Tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these, these burdens alone. In my distress. Tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus can help me, Jesus alone, oh, and I must tell Jesus. troubles he is a kind come compassion and friend if I but ask him he will
rest till Jesus. I must tell Jesus. Jesus can help me. Jesus alone. Oh, so I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. I cannot bear my my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. Jesus can help me. Jesus alone. I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these, these burdens alone. In my distress, he, he kindly will help me. He ever loves and he cares for his own. So I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear my, my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus can help me, Jesus alone, I must tell Jesus all of my trouble. Amen. If you're here to be baptized this morning, you signed in, just go ahead and head to the rock. We are not going to rush this, but if you're here to be baptized, you know who you are. You signed up, so just make your way to the rock, and Shane or Tracy will be there to help you.
Jesus, I cannot bear my... Everybody stand with us this morning. Let's sing this together. must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus can help me, Jesus alone, oh, I must tell Jesus. I must tell 